This podcast is brought to you by jewishpodcasts.org. Start your very own podcast today at jewishpodcasts.org. I got an interesting shayla on Friday. Someone called me up. He told me he just fried in a frying pan a whole bunch of pieces of schnitzel he was making chicken for Shabbos. Maybe this is why husbands shouldn't cook, I don't know. But he was frying a beautiful, made a whole bunch of pieces of schnitzel. And someone told him, you know, this same uh, frying pan that you made your schnitzel, earlier this morning someone made cheese and eggs in this same frying pan. The shayla is, can you eat the schnitzel, can you use the schnitzel over Shabbos? So we got to work through some of the background over here to understand the shayla, to see what we can do. So we know there's a concept in Allah called Tam Ki'ikr. My time kicker means that even though there's no actual mamoshes, there's no chalav anymore, there's no milk in this, in this frying pan, but there was, because there was hot cheese, and the hot cheese went in to the frying pan, it's balua, it creates a balia into the pot, and that's what we call time kicker. We showing him if Tam Ki'ikr is a concept de Raisa or is it a concept de Rabbana. When it comes to Bas B'cholov, we pass in Tam Ki'ikr de Raisa, which means if I take a pan or a pot that was cooked with hot milchiks and I put in it within 24 hours hot fleshiks, that is Basa B'cholov. That is cooked Basa B'cholov. Ayah told me, where's the Basa B'cholov? All I see is a clean pot or pan that was used 10 hours ago, 5 hours ago. But that is the idea of Tam Ki'ikr. It's a serious problem. And that's why we have to be careful to have separate dishes. But in this case over here, the person accidentally, by mistake, didn't know that someone else cooked in this frying pan eggs with cheese, and then he cooked the schnitzel in it. So on the simple first initial thought process, this is a serious problem. Why? Because since within the last 24 hours, right? We know the Gemara in Avodah tells us that the, a tam taste lasts for 24 hours, and after 24 hours it becomes pogum. It's no longer as strong as it used to be. In midday raisa, we no longer say tam kick. So once it goes more than 24 hours, it's no longer strong tam. So that's why whenever you have a boss of a of shayla, the first question the rabbi asks you was, was it used within 24 hours? Everyone knows the question is going to come already. When was the last time it was used for whichever one it was? However, the Gemara Voidazara says that even though after 24 hours, it's still asa mid It's exayra. We're afraid that people will confuse something that was used within 24 hours, something which was used not 24 hours. So we don't even use pots that were done even more than 24 hours. We don't cook in a fleshika pot the opposite thing, even if the pot was used more than 24 hours. However, the Shulchan Aruch Paschal, this is something you should all remember, in case the shadow comes up in your kitchen, we Paschal in Shulchan Aruch, Gimel, Sif Aleph. If the pot was not used more, with, was not used within 24 hours, it's called an Eina Ben Yoyma, then B'dyeva, the food is kosher. Even though you should not use such a frying pan or a pot or a pan, but if you know that the pan that you just made, uh, fleshiks in it was used more than 24 hours ago for milchiks or vice versa, the food may be eaten bidyevit. Now, you might have to kasha the pot, but that's a different discussion, not for tonight. But bidyevit, you can eat the food. You have to know that the pan was spotless before you So you also have to know, right, we should also point this out, it's a good observation, that it should be clean. Right? Again, most of our pots and pans are usually clean today for the most part. But yeah, if you think that there might have been mamoshes, there might have been pieces of either milchiks or fleshiks in the pot itself, then you have bigger problems. We're talking about a case where the, the pot is clean, all there is is bleas, and you can't see bleas, so if it's more than 24 hours, it's more mace lace, it's mutter. Unfortunately, this case, that wasn't the shayla. The guy told me. It was used this morning, Friday morning, he made the eggs and cheese, and then sometime in the afternoon, he made the schnitzel. So what is the status of the food? So, the truth is, it seems to be an open and shut case that he's in trouble. 
you can't really eat the food. It says in Shulchan Aruch, some tzaddik gimel sif aleph, kederish should be shabol basar. If you have a pot that you cook meat in it, lo yivashav alchol. If you're not allowed to cook milchiks in it, imbishabah. And let's say you did it, but you have it. Our case says in Shulchan Aruch. So it depends. Imbishabah mitaychol eis la eis. If it was within 24 hours, like our case, says in Shulchan Aruch, aser b'noisin tam. It's aser if it gives off tam. What does it mean if it gives off tam? Which means this guy, let's say our case, he cooked a piece of schnitzel in a frying pan that was used earlier that morning for a chicken. So if a cheese. So you have to taste it and taste the chicken and see, hmm, taste the stickle cheesy. I can tell that there was some cheese over here. Now there's only one problem. How could any Jew do that? Because I'm not allowed to taste it because it might be Basil B'chalaf. So this, we come onto a guy. We have a concept in Allah that we ask a guy to taste it. So according to the Mechaba, what you do with the schnitzel is you ask the cleaning lady, have her taste the schnitzel. If she says, yeah, it tastes like regular, regular chicken. I don't have any uh, cheesy taste. And then in that case, it would be mutter. Now, if you look later on in Shulchan Aruch, and Simon Tzadi Ches, the Shulchan Aruch has a whole discussion. How do you go about doing this? You could trust a guy. There's a guy of Nemonis. What do you do? So basically, the way it lays out, according to the Shulchan Aruch, with the Shach, is basically don't tell the guy that we need his expert testimonial over here. Make it clear to him we're not relying on him. He's not deciding the future of this pan of schnitzel for all of Klai. So just give it to, I, I think the good way of doing it perhaps would be, give you, I, I give my cleaning lady lunch. So instead of giving her what I usually give her, I give her one of these pieces of schnitzel, let her finish it. And by the way, it's a new, you know, it was interesting. I tried a new recipe this time. What did you taste? How did it feel? Something like Mesir Lefituma. You're not asking her. We need to know. Tell us right now. So if you're a Svaradi, that would be a great option. The problem is, if you look in the later Svaradish Paiskim, Kavachayim, Beneshchad, they say, no, 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 we're not saying on this anymore today. This is too risky. Who really knows what they're tasting? The Gemara talks about Kfeila Armoy. You have an expert guy, a chef who Kimamish, he could taste. You know, one of those expert chefs that you gave him a piece of chicken that was kicked in a pot that within 24 hours was hot to a milchit, he could taste the cheese. Most of us can't taste anything. So therefore, the Shulchan Aruch, the Svadish Apoiskim say, even the Svadim don't use tasting by a guy. So this Lechaira wouldn't be an option. Plus, the person who asked me was Ashkenazi. So it wouldn't help anyways. Now, the truth is, if you look in Yalkut Yosef, your son, he does point out that since the Shulchan Aruch does say pretty clearly that you can use Te'ima of a guy, he thinks it would be a Shasat Chak. If, let's say, for example, you prepared an entire event for a Simcha or a Hefzin Maman, he thinks he would be able to ask a guy, and find out. Unfortunately, this fellow was Ashkenazi. So this is not really going to help us too much. So what do you do according to the Ramos? The Ramos says, in that case... If you don't have, we can't, the Maramah says we don't use Ti'imas Hagoy. So what do you do, says the Mechaber? Says the Ramah, you need to have Shishim. You need to have 60 times more Fleshiks than uh, Milchiks, well, depending on which way you're going. You have to have Shishim, Timim Bavatal, the Tam. Now, the question is, do you have Shishim? And how to calculate the Shishim, which is very tricky and complicated. So the assumption that many people assume is m- most of the times you're not going to have Shishim. You're not going to have 60 times more the entire thickness of the pot. And therefore, we just have to assume that the food has to be thrown out. And that's what I told the fellow. Unfortunately, most likely we don't have shishim and you probably have to throw it out. Now, there are two possible ways out of this. Controversial, but possible. One way is like this. There's a Rajba. The Rajba talks about the following scenario. Let's say our case. 10 o'clock in the morning, someone cooked up uh, milchik cheese. And then 3 o'clock, he cooked up a schnitzel. What happens in between? The Rajput says, let's say at 10 o'clock in the morning, someone cooked up hot cheese. Then at 12 o'clock, someone cooked vegetables. And then at 2 o'clock, someone cooked flesh. Does that make a difference? So the Rajput says, yes. The fact that someone cooked something in between, that already weakens the time that was below into the walls, and it makes it less of a problem. Now, most places can disagree with the, with the Rajput. The Shach does not pass like the Rajput. Now, why would that help? I asked the guy, how did you make your eggs that morning? So there's two ways you can make scrambled egg with cheese. 
Right? What's the two ways? One way is you mix the egg and you throw the cheese into the batter together. And you throw the whole thing into the, into the pot. The other way to make it is you first put in the egg, you let it cook for a while, and then you throw in the cheese. So you can argue maybe if the egg cooked first and then he put in the cheese, so it's like the case of the Rajma. The case of the Rajma is if something else was cooked in between the two, it's already, it already creates a weakening of the tam. Now you have to know exactly the mitzis if that's really true, because how long do you cook the egg before you throw in the cheese or it's going to be off. Now I found a gewaldik tshuva written to her by Zriel Orbach. Zriel Orbach was a son of Shemazalman, the son of Lord by Rebbe A lady came to him with the following shadow. She was preparing a sheva brachas. And she print, made a beautiful sheva brachas, many pieces of chicken and meat. And she realized later that the same pot she cooked the chicken in was a pot that was used earlier ben yoyma for milchiks. She wanted to know what to do. So Rebbe Lobach told her, you can be saying on the Rajma. Since apparently in this case they were cooking vegetables in between, so Rebbe Lobach told her, you can be saying on this Rajma. It's a shail of Hefsimiruba, it's a shail of Busha, you can be saying on this Rajma. And then the lady said, should I tell the guests at the Sheva Brachas, it was going to be Choshev, Rosh Hashivas, Rebbe Lobach said, do not tell them. Once I'll pay halacha, it's Paskin the Rajma, you don't have to notify the guests. So again, I think it's a bit of a hard sell for this case. So if it wasn't a big hefzid, it wasn't a terrible situation, so we suggested that he probably just get rid of the schnitzel. Now there's another route to go, which is even more controversial. The other route to go, which we're not going to finish this evening, maybe we'll pick up a different time. Can you make the argument that our kalim today don't even have bleas? This is a very modern age question, and very controversial. Can you argue that the only concept of Belize existed in the times of Chazal where the Kalim weren't as finished as Arza? That's the way we pass it. That's the way we pass it. That's correct. You look at the entire thickness of the pot, which makes it very hard. Even though, again, you have to, how much cheese did he put into his, his egg omelet? Probably not that much cheese. I don't know. I, he didn't give me the numbers. But there's a big, interesting scientific discussion. Can we argue that the pots and pans that we make today do not have bleas? The pots and pans in the times of Chazal were not nearly as uh, professional as ours. They talk had cracks and this and that, and the other things got absorbed. Can we argue today that the way our new modern-day Kalim made, there's no such thing as bleas, which would be a very controversial thing to say, to throw out the entire Yeridea, just throw it all out, not Negea. Now, the truth is there's ways of testing these things today in labs with chemicals and things like that. So should we talk about such a process, which would basically throw out all of Yerodeh, Chelek, Aleph? Or do we say, no, we have tradition, tradition, nothing changes. So that is a, an angle that I'm not going to go down, because I don't think it's accepted in, in any circles in the Orthodox world, even though there are those who raise it. Ramosh Yishtemech has an interesting tshuva in Chelek, of his Sefer, he discusses it. Because this comes all back to the Shailah, that there's a big Machloikis Rishayin, we talked about this before Pesach. There's a three-way Machloikis Rishayin, what's the status of glass? Does glass absorb? Does glass not absorb? Can, cash, can glass be kashered? So many places can say, I don't know what the tumult is. Can't we find this stuff out with scientific testing? Today we, can fig- today we can figure a lot of things. We can scientifically test whether or not the glass absorbs. So do we allow these types of measures into halach or not? Again, a discussion for a different time, but halach I told the fellow he has to get rid of the shnitzel.